For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only son that whomever believed in him would not die but have everlasting life. Merry Christmas, church. What an awesome week we've had of worship so far. I want you to raise your hand if you were either at Wednesday night candlelight or you were at last night candlelight. Raise your hand. Was that not a wonderful time of worship? My biggest takeaway from those candlelight services is that it, it focuses our hearts on the reason we celebrate Christmas. It focuses our minds and our hearts on Jesus. You can take the lights You can take the presents, you can take the shopping, you can take the food, you can take the parties. Give me Jesus. Amen, church? Give me Jesus. That's what this is all about. And if you've been following along with us, you know that we are in our Christmas series called Gift Swap. Last week, we were swapping our loneliness for his precious friendship. We were swapping how we feel during these times that, man, we we might feel alone and that God truly is the perfect friend. We learned that he is with us all the time. And if you are thinking back through all the weeks, we're talking about, you know, our anxiety, our our loneliness, our, our grief, and all those things seem to be compounded during the holiday season. But this morning, what we're going to be referring to is that we need to give God our sin and receive his perfect son. Give God our sin and receive his perfect son. Sin is a human constant. It's always present, whether Christmas is here or not. Sin is the problem that we have in this broken, fallen world, which makes Christmas so necessary. Christmas is the time of year where we celebrate The Savior of the world, the hope of the world, became human and started this journey so that we could have everlasting life in Him. Now, some of you may have this misunderstanding of of how salvation works, of how we give our sin to God and how we receive this perfect gift. Some of you may have come in here this morning with a misunderstanding that if I just live a really good life, that if at the end of my life the good deeds that I've done outweigh the bad deeds, then somehow I can earn favor with God. Or if I'm just, you know, a a decent person, if I try really hard to make God happy and to make him approve of me, that somehow I'll end up in heaven. Well, whatever misconception you might have, we need to look at the word of God this morning and see how we can have this gift swap, how I can give my sin to God and receive his perfect son. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 10, so I want you to bear with me, but it's a powerful passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. That's where we're at. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. 
But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Here we go. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a what, church? Gift from God. Salvation is not a reward from the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. Beautiful passage. Thank you for following along with me. All right, you might have read that. We might have posed the question, how do I give God my sin and received his perfect son and his salvation that he brings? I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to understand that there actually is a problem. We need to understand that we have a sin problem. If Jesus really did die for sinners, you have to believe that you are a sinner. To be in need of a Savior, you have to believe that you need saving. What our culture is doing a really good job of right now, church, is tricking the world into thinking they're not all that bad. I really don't care how good you think you are or how good that your mama says you are. There is not a person living on this earth without sin. I don't care what you think. The Bible says that we are sinners. And culture is doing a great job in, in dumbing down sin, making it seem not that bad, and eventually kind of washing it away, like, hey, it's not that big of a deal. That's not what Scripture says at all. Scripture says there's a big problem, and that problem is sin. I got a kick out of the, the news this past week. We had that big Arctic blast coming. Anybody's pipes fall victim to that? Yes, I woke up without hot water. I was on the phone with some plumbers here just... Just please tell me there's going to be good news, right? Anybody do that? Yeah, I fell prey to that. But what I got a kick out on the news is that they were talking to all us rednecks here in the south, and they're like, hey, it's going to be so cold that that pond in your backyard might freeze over. And if that pond freezes over, don't go walking on it. Did y'all see that? Where they were really reminding us in Arkansas not to walk on a pond when it froze? <sighs> but it got me thinking. If you were to walk out on that pond, you were to break through that ice, and you were drowning, wouldn't you yell for help? Wouldn't you recognize in that moment when your life was on the line, wouldn't you, wouldn't you recognize in that moment that you needed saving, that you needed help? That's the problem with sin. We need help. Our sin is killing us. We are drowning in our sin, and this morning we've got to understand that. Our sin is killing us. We have a sin problem. Romans 3, 23 and 24, it says, for everyone has sinned. What does everyone mean? Everyone. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace. What's this word? Freely makes us right in God's sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Ephesians and Romans, all throughout the scripture, we're reminded that, 
this gift of salvation truly is free. There's nothing that we have to do to earn it. There's no steps you have to take. There's, there's no work that has to be done for you to earn the gift of salvation. What we see here is that we just need to understand that we have a sin problem. You have to admit to the God above that I am a sinner and I am in need of saving. Why do we need saving? The sin that we have in our life, it separates us from God. It puts distance between us and Him. And if we are going to have a relationship with God, th there has to be a solution for this sin problem. So first we've got to understand that there is a problem. The next thing we've got to do is understand that there is a solution. Psalm 49, 5-9. It says, Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Jump down to verse 15. He says, but as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. You see, we've got a sin problem, and there's a solution. What this passage tells us is there's nobody, there's no amount of money that can be paid. There's no life that can be given to pay for that sin except God. Enter the Christmas story. God loved you enough that he sent his son, Jesus, on this earth to pay that debt. I want you to look at the screen. I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, I want you to take a picture of it. This is Christmas. Jesus is the perfect gift. Jesus is the perfect gift. He is the solution to the sin problem. The miracle of Christmas is Jesus. We had a problem and it's sin. We have a solution and his name is Jesus. How could Christ be the solution? I want you to listen to me. How could Christ be the solution? He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was the only one worthy to pay the sacrifice for our sin. And when he lived that perfect life and he crawled up on the cross, he gave his life, his blood, literally and figuratively covers our sin, the problem. He took care of it. But he had ultimate victory, not because he was killed, but because he rose from the grave. Our God lives and because he lives, he has victory over that sin. And if we trust in him, we'll have victory over our sin in Christ Jesus. So how do I get this gift? I have to understand that there is a problem. And I have to believe in the one that is the solution. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So what all does salvation require out of me? I have to understand that I'm a sinner and I have to believe in the perfect story of Jesus Christ. There's no work to be done. There's no perfect life that cannot be lived. There's no amount of good that you can do to earn heaven. You have to believe that you're a sinner. And you have to believe in the cross of Jesus. And if we do that, Scripture says, you 
will be saved. And on Christmas morning, on a Sunday, when we celebrate the birth of the Savior, you can receive the greatest gift in all the world. Would that not be a wonderful Christmas? That is truly the greatest gift swap to ever happen. So my question for you this morning, if you've never believed, if you've never placed your faith, do you understand that you're a sinner and distant from God? If you do, you understand that there's a problem and you need saving. And if you understand that there's a problem and you need saving, there's a solution in his name, Jesus. All you have to do is believe in the perfect story and receive that perfect gift. Let me pray for us this morning. God, we love you. Thank you so much for the perfect gift ever, Jesus Christ. Thank you this morning that we can give you our sin, the problem. The problem that separates us from God in eternity. But you loved us enough that on the day we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. The only one that can save, the only one that can pay the ransom, the only one that is sufficient for salvation is Jesus Christ. Thank you for the perfect gift of Jesus. And God, I pray this morning for anyone that walked in this room today, that for the first time maybe they've recognized that they do have a sin problem. And that you provided a solution in Jesus. That on this Christmas day, they would receive the perfect gift of Jesus. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask everything in Christ's precious name. Amen.